hope y'all had a good Independence Day celebration yesterday and everything. And uh, this is the second video I'm doing tonight on the Independence Day 2023 special teaching. Um, it's on the flag and everything. So tonight's title is the uh, Red, White, and Blue, or Red, White, Red and White Stripes. I'm sorry. And, um, sorry about all the noise in the background here. Uh, kids having fun on their little four wheelers and everything. So, but um, anyways, tonight's teaching is uh, is uh, as you can see with the title is red and white stripes. And it has to do with the stripes on the American flag. And um, this uh, first verse that I'm gonna read tonight. Wind's got the time blowing a little bit too. Wanted to do the video outside, and the wind wasn't blowing until I started. But anyways. Uh, It says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, of, and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And, um, sorry, that was verse 9. Anyway, skip down to verse 14. It says, and, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he came, and he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Let's pray before we get started. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for another opportunity, Lord, to get on here, Lord, and teach your word, Lord. And God, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to, to use me as your vessel tonight, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, and speak through me, God. Give me the words to say, Lord, that it can encourage others, Lord Jesus. And let, let it be your words, not mine. And use me, God, as your vessel, Lord, and I thank you for it, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What I wanted to bring out here in this particular verse was they made their they made they made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. And there's a reason I wanted to bring this out because it has to do with the teaching that I'm doing tonight. But the blood, the color of blood is red, as we all know, and it speaks of it of them changing their robes to white, washing their robes and making them white by the blood of the lamb. They washed them in the blood of the, in the blood of the lamb. You know, it, in our you know in our world that we live in, to wash your clothes in blood, it's not going to come out white. There's no way your your clothes would come out white, especially uh, if you wash white clothes in blood. Uh, they would be permanently stained, and you'd probably never get the the color blood out of them. And you know that's um, that's what we think of. Whenever we read this passage of scripture, but it does—it's not speaking of a of the clothes that you know that we wear today, that we wear in this in this life and in this world that we live in. It's speaking of heavenly clothes here, and the robes that that the bride wears, and the church is the bride of Christ. So when they get to heaven, they've washed their robes and 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 the blood of the lamb and made them white, made them white as snow. And uh, but just keep that in mind about the white robes. the video last night there's 13 stripes on the flag on the American flag there's 13 stripes and I spoke about that last night and about the number 13 but tonight looking at those 13 stripes there's six there's six stripes that were white and there's seven stripes that are red on the American flag you got seven red stripes which I'm going to touch on first the seven red stripes 
and then you got the six white stripes. The color red, if you look at the color red and, and you look at it in, the, in uh, the flag, the red stripes on the flag stood for, it represented the hardiness and valor of the soldiers that fought for this country and that gave their lives for this country, for the freedom of this country from, from Britain. And uh, whenever we fought against the, the British to gain our our uh, independence from the from the Queen and from the um, from the Britain, from King the King of Britain and everything. When we gained our independence from them, and that's what we were fighting for. That's what this country was fighting for. All the men that fought for that, and they, they shed their blood for it, and they died for our freedom from the from being you know underneath the British rule and everything, so we could live over here and, and you know and have freedom to do what we wanted to do. Oppressing, Christ, oppressing Christianity over there in Britain at the time. And uh, so when Columbus come over here in, on the Mayflower and everything, and they came over to this country, they discovered America, and then they set it up and everything. And then the British came in trying to take them back and trying to take over this country, and we fought against them. And the American flag, the red stripes on the American flag, represents the hardiness and the valor and the bloodshed for this nation is what that stripe stands for. Well, red in the Bible, if you look in the Bible, the color red and what it represents in the Bible, it symbolizes the blood atonement. And it symbolizes the sacrifice of Jesus' blood, cleansing justification and a covenant of grace and redemption. Now think about that. Symbolizing the blood atonement because on the Day of Atonement back in the Old Testament, that it was set up that once a year they had to, they had to sacrifice the bull for the sins of the people. And they would shed its blood, and then the priest would, would take the blood, and it would cover. He would cover the holy items in the temple and everything, and go in, and he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, and then Jesus would come down and sit on the on the mercy seat, sit on the on the top of the ark of the covenant, and and talk to the priest and everything and and, and stuff. And it would they were sacrificing the blood for the sins of the people, and that was called the Day of Atonement. And they had to do that once a year. Well, when Jesus came and died on the cross. They no longer had to shed the blood, no longer had to kill a bull once a year for atonement because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the ultimate price and His blood was worthy to cover all the sin of all mankind from the beginning until the end. And, and throughout all, all the, the uh, time and life here on earth. And Jesus' blood was worthy to cover it all because He was sinless. He was without sin, without spot, without blemish. The ultimate sacrifice that paid the price for all, and the, the cleansing justification. You know, through Jesus' blood, we're cleansed of our sins. Through Jesus' blood, we're made pure. Through Jesus' blood, we're, all of our sins are, are covered, and we're no longer going to be held accountable for them because of the blood of Jesus. If we accept Him in our lives and, and we try to live our to our best ability for Him, and you know, striving for for perfection. Then you got uh, the covenant of grace represents the covenant of grace and redemption, because through grace we we are we are able to live a life without sin through the grace of Jesus Christ by allowing Him to show us what to do and how to act and how to how to you know how we should present ourselves and you know through Jesus' blood and um, you know through the grace that He gives us the grace that he, the ability 
that he gives us through his grace to live right. Then you got redemption. He paid the ultimate price, the redemption, the redeeming power of his blood. In the book of Exodus, I want you to read, I want you to look at this verse in book in the book of Exodus, chapter twelve, verse twenty-two. Whenever they were whenever they were in Egypt and they were in the bondage under Pharaoh and under the Egyptians and being forced to build the clay for the treasure houses and treasure buildings of the Egyptians, which a lot of people says that um, <laughs> the aliens built those pyramids. I don't believe that. Aliens didn't build those pyramids. Those pyramids were built by the by the Israelites and by the the uh, the minds of the brilliancy and the intelligence of the Pharaoh of the Egyptians and the Pharaoh of those days. The knowledge they had, they they according to historians were they were great engine great uh, architects and great engineers and stuff, and they were able to build those things. And they knew how to do it, but they built the treasure houses. Those those pyramids were the treasure houses of the Egyptians, and you know a lot of people's trying to cover up biblical history by saying aliens built it, and all this. The same people that believe the world is twelve is a billion years old, or a million years old, or, or twelve thousand years old. But according to the Word of God, it's only six thousand. We're on the six thousand, six thousands, the six thousands worth of years right now, and or in in the five thousands coming up on. But you know, they can think what they want. I know what the Word of God says, and I know what I believe. But in, in the, when they were fixing to come out of, of the bondage of the Egyptians, when God was bringing the plagues in on the Egyptians through the through Moses and everything to free the people, the last plague that He brought in was was death of all the firstborn of, of everything in Egypt, the firstborn of Pharaoh, the firstborn of every Egyptian, the firstborn of the cattle, the firstborn of, of every beast of the field, and everything that had uh, you know had the firstborn, this firstborn died and on that night. But on that night before it started, before it began, God told Moses to tell them to take the blood of, a, of the lamb, the perfect lamb that they had without spot, without blemish, and, and they were supposed to cook the lamb and eat the entire lamb, but they would take the blood and they would put it on a hyssop plant and they take it and strike it on the doorpost, which on both sides, both doorposts, the left and right one, and the top post of their door. And when the death angel come through to take the firstborn of every of everything in Egypt and Goshen, when it come through there, it would see the blood and it wouldn't pass through and take the firstborn of that house. As long as that blood was covering that, covering that doorpost or covering that door, that doorway, that entranceway into their house, as long as that blood was covering it, then the death angel would pass that door by, and it wouldn't it wouldn't kill the firstborn. Now, when they come out of Egypt, when they come out the next day, and they went out into the wilderness, every year they would they would uh, they would do that. But it says right here in verse 22. See, that was a representation of the of the atonement, the blood that was shed, the rep- representation of the atonement. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood for us, and his blood is applied to our life to keep death. Away, so when we die, we don't go go to a devil's hell or to an eternal death. Instead, we enter into the heaven and have a new a new life with God, an eternal life with God, and a new body and everything. And, and we live forever forever with Him, and we we don't die the second death. But anybody that's not covered by the blood of Jesus, they die the second death. 
meaning they go into the grave and their body goes, their soul goes into hell, which is encased in the earth, and then in the very end ends up in the lake of fire at the end of all things to eternally be separated from God and to eternally be separated from life with God. So thus they call it the second death. Now, the um, and verse chapter 12, verse 22, it says, And you shall take a, a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the, with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. So they would take the blood and they would they would splash it on the doorpost and the lintel, which is the, the top beam of the door, to cover their door from the death angel. Now if you look over in Psalms chapter 51, verse 7, I'm going to read you what David said about this. Psalms chapter 51, verse 7. David said, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Now remember, the hyssop was used to dip in the basin of blood of the lamb and cover the doorpost. And he's telling God here, Purge me with hyssop and make me clean. Purge me, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. He's asking God to purge him with the hyssop. In other words, cover him with his blood. Lord, cover me with your blood so that I may be clean, is what he's saying here. Cover me with your blood so that I can be clean. And I thought that was interesting how David said that. Now thinking about the red stripe on the flag and considering the blood of Jesus, you know, covering our lives and, and asking God to cover me, Lord, with your blood. Cover my sins, Lord, with your blood. So when you look at me that you see the blood and you don't see my shortcomings, you don't see my sin because I'm putting them under the blood. I'm asking you, Jesus, to to forgive me and to to cast my sin away as far as the east is from the west, casting it off into the sea, never to be never to be remembered again. That's where they get the term the sea of forgetfulness. You know, David said, Purge me with hyssop, Lord, purge me with hyssop and cover me with your blood, Lord, so that you don't see my shortcomings and that you don't see my sins. And cover me with your blood, Lord. And that's what he was saying here. And I'm gonna hang on, on the rest before I read the rest of that verse. But now the next thing I want to touch on is the color white. You got the white stripes on the flag because I just covered the six red, the seven red stripes on the flag, and now I'm going to cover the the white stripes, the six white stripes that's on the flag. So the the color white that is on the flag, the, on each each of those stripes, represented the purity and innocence, the purity and innocence, meaning that that because we're living for God. Because the majority of them people back then lived for God. They were living a Christian life. And this country was founded on Christianity. It was founded on the Lord. Regardless of what the people up in Washington say or what the historians are trying to change history by saying what they think and what they want to change it to and, and push away the truth of all things, this country was founded on Christianity. When the people come over here on the Mayflower, they were Christians. And they founded this country on Christianity. They set it up on, on Christian rules and Christian ethics and Christian Christian beliefs and, and things of the Lord and things things of God, you know. And and uh, they were even teaching the, te- the kids in school. They were teaching them the Bible and they were teaching them to pray. They were teaching them, you know, about God and everything. And the pledges of, the pledge of allegiance had God in it, and everything that they did was about God when they set this country up. And I showed you last night about the thirteen colonies and everything that came over here on the Mayflower, and it was set up on thirteen colonies initially this country was set up on and 
and the different things and all of that. But the color white, <clears throat> the color white representing purity and innocence, okay, on the flag, on the white stripe. But the in the Bible it symbolizes the color white symbolizes righteousness acquired through the blood of Jesus. You see, we acquire righteousness through the blood of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we're made pure of our sins. Our sins are cast away. Our sins are covered by the blood and washed away from us so that we are now we are now purified in Christ. See, when we get to heaven, we're going to be as pure as we can be because there's no longer, no longer going to be any sin. You know, we have shortcomings in our life now that we have to pray and ask God to forgive us for, you know, whenever we mess up every once in a while because we're not perfect. There's, there's nobody that can be perfect right now. Only Jesus was the only one that was perfect to walk the face of the earth. You know, and we know who he was. He was he was God manifested in the flesh, walking amongst men. So, but it symbolizes the color white symbolizes the righteousness acquired through the blood of Jesus, and through His blood and by His grace we 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 are we strive towards perfection. But through Him we are righteous because He covered our, because of His blood covering our sins. And it also represents the bride's garment, the bride being pure is dressed in white because she's pure. And it also represents salvation and represents victory and holiness. Salvation and victory and holiness. I want to read, turn with me if you will, to Isaiah chapter 1 and marking Psalms because we're going to come back to Psalms here in a minute. But in Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Come, let us reason together. That's a teaching right there in itself. But looking at the second part of that, it says, Though your sins be as scarlet, meaning though your sins be red as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though your sins be red, they be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The only way that your sins can be made white is through the blood of Jesus covering your sins. In other words, though you are though you are marred and though you are marked by your sin, the sins that you have committed, though they mark you and they, they set a, a, a tone about you, as being a sinner through the blood of Jesus when you come to Jesus and allow Him to cover you with His sins allow or cover you with His blood allow Him to cover your sins with His blood then you're, you're, you are going to be made white as snow you're going to be made pure you know white as wool You'll, He'll no longer see your sins because his, his blood has covered your sins so now when He looks at you He's going to see His blood that He shed for you and that's the purpose of the blood on the mercy seat because in heaven is where the real mercy seat is at. The, the one that, that is in heaven sits before the throne of God. So when His blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat here, then in heaven it, it, He would see the blood that was sprinkled on the mercy seat here. But then when Jesus died on the cross and He ascended into heaven, ascended up into glory, he went into heaven and into the throne room and He sprinkled His blood on the mercy seat because His blood was was perfect. His blood was without spot, without blemish, without any sin whatsoever. It was pure and it was able to cover the sins of man. He sprinkled His blood on the mercy seat in heaven so that when, G, when God sitting on the throne would look at that mercy seat, 
He would look at that Ark of the Covenant, that covenant that He made with man. He would see the blood that was covering it and remember His blood that He shed for us so that He could redeem us back to Himself. He paid the ultimate price with His life and with His blood here on the earth manifested in the flesh to cover our sins. Now back over to Psalms chapter 51. With the help of the Lord, I'm going to bring all this together in the end. But it says uh, in the second part of this verse, in Psalms 51 verse 7, it says, Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. So it says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. In other words, purge me with, cover me with your blood so that I may be clean. Wash me and I shall be white. I shall be whiter than snow. So in other words, cleanse me, O Lord, with your blood so that I can be whiter than snow. Cleanse me, Lord. Help me, God, to live a perfect life, a perfect life, striving for perfection. Cover my sins with your blood. And wash me. In other words, help me to overcome those sins. Help me to get to where I will no longer commit them. If I'm, if I'm, if I have weaknesses in my life to where I'm having problems and struggling with things, Lord, help me, God, cover me with your blood and wash me, Lord, so that I may be clean. In other words, help me to overcome these things through your grace so that I can live a, try to live a perfect, sinless life like you did when you were here on this earth. You see, that's what David's saying here, Lord, purge me with hyssop so that I may be clean. In other words, wash away my sins so that I may be clean. And wash me, Lord, so that I can be whiter than snow. In other words, cleanse me, cleanse my life, and help me, Lord, to live a life without sin. Help me, God, to live a life that You're pleased with. So thinking about that, and thinking about the stripes on the flag. Remember last night I said there's 13 stripes. You got seven red stripes and six white stripes. The color red representing the bloodshed. And the number seven representing perfection and completeness. The white representing righteousness of righteousness from Jesus' blood, and six representing man. So red representing the blood that was shed to cover the sins of man. So six representing man. Okay, so Jesus shed the blood, shed his blood. He shed his blood at the cross for perfection and completion. All right, as far as the sacrifice goes, for the perfection of the sacrifice and for the completion of the sacrifice. He shed his blood for that reason, so that the righteousness from the blood of Jesus can help men. The righteousness of the blood of Jesus can help men to live righteously. So looking at the flag and looking at the stripes on the flag representing our lives today and how it, how it reflects in the life of a Christian, looking at it from that kind of perspective, and you'll see that even the flag itself has things in it to where we can look at it and see when we study into it, we can see that it even has to do with, the, with God and with the life of, of, of a Christian in this life. You know, and I think things are pretty awesome when you start looking at it from those kind of perspectives. And you can see, basically, if you open your eyes and really look around and really consider things, you can see God and everything all around us. You know, and um, you know, we have to we have to remember that we have to think about that because God set everything up for us, and He wants us to acknowledge Him and wants us to live for Him. That's what He created us for was to have fellowship with Him. He didn't create man just to have their, just to come down here and do their own silly thing and. And to do all these things, that was because the devil corrupted everything. 
But in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. He first created Adam and He set him in the garden. And He would come down during the cool of the day and walk and, and walk and talk with Adam. And I could only imagine the knowledge, the amount of knowledge that Adam had. And because because God Himself come down and, and talked to him, and the, the the knowledge and the wisdom that Adam had because of that reason, and because God explaining everything to him, I could I could just um, I could just imagine the conversations that they had and, and how awesome that would be, and and you know and, and God explaining to Adam how He created everything and and bringing all the all the, every creature to him to, for him to name them. Even just the knowledge and wisdom that Adam had to name every creature on the earth that God brought to him for him to name, you know, and it's just—I think it's just phenomenally awesome. And considering all that, but in thinking about the flag, when the flag was first made and it was first laid out and it was first sewn, I believe that God impressed the person that that came up with the flag and it started to to make the flag and everything. And then the men in that day that was working with the flag and you know, having it set a certain way was because of God being involved in everything. But now we have a nation that is turning their back on God and they they don't want nothing to do with God. And now they're trying to do things their own way without God being involved. And you can look at the mess that's coming of all of it. And, um, you know, it's just it's a shame that it's happening that way. But um, according to the Bible, things is going to happen that way if you study it out and see. And uh, because it has to in order for the end times to play out the way that, that it's been prophesied. And, you know, but looking at the flag and looking at the stripes, like I said, there are seven red stripes representing the perfection and completion through Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross. And then the six white flags is through Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross for the perfection and completion of the sacrifice was able to help men to live righteous lives and to live righteously before God because of God changing them through His blood and then helping them to live a perfect life. And also think about this. When you kneel at an altar and you repent and you give your life to God and you say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, God. And Lord, change me. Change my life, Lord. Help me to live a life that You're pleased with. God, come into my life and change the way I live and the way I think, God. And help me to live the life that You want me to live. Lord, I want to be your servant. I want to be your child. And then when He changes you and you go and you get baptized and you're put under the water and you're brought up a new creature in Christ, that's the blood of Jesus covering your life and He's washing you. And then when you're baptized and you go beneath the water and you come back up a new creature in Him, now you are whiter than snow because He has washed away your sins with His blood. And He's when you get baptized and then he, it washes you clean and you raised up a new creature in Christ because now, now He doesn't see your sins anymore. He sees His blood that has covered your life and He sees a creature that's living for Him. He sees a, a son or a daughter that is now one of His that's living that's living a life for Him. And through His blood and through His grace and through His mercy, He'll help you live the life that He's pleased with and the life that He's happy with. So I hope you enjoyed this tonight. And uh, this is number two on the flag and on the Independence Day 2023. And tune in Tomorrow night, I probably won't be able to do the video tomorrow night because I'm going to be in church. And uh, so look for it Friday evening or Friday afternoon or whatever or Friday night or Friday morning, whatever time that I put it up. But once I put it up, it'll be up here. Um, I always leave leave the stuff up on Facebook and also put it on my podcast. If you haven't, if you haven't subscribed to my podcast, 
That's Kevin Fryer Ministries on. I got I got it on Google Podcasts. I got it on Spotify Podcasts. I got it on on um, Google on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. And um, that's three the three main ones right there that I have it on. But if you look back on one of my other videos, I've shared the link to it, and I also have a YouTube page. Um, I put the the videos up a little later on YouTube because of the way I have to do it, and uh, it takes me a little longer to put them up. But um, hope y'all enjoyed my background, and I don't want to do something a little different and uh, and everything. So I'm up here on vacation right now, and and um, so got a nice some nice scenery up here. It's pretty awesome. Um, so, anyways, I hope y'all enjoyed it. And uh, see y'all next time. Love you guys. God bless.